everybody, this is Daniel Patrick, and this is episode number 128 of the Mandolins of Beer podcast, brought to you in part by my favorite website, The Mandolin Cafe. How's everybody doing? This week is a special one here. It's a uh, it's a twofer. I got Dominic Leslie and Rick Robertson. They have a brand new album coming out tomorrow. It's Trust in Most. It comes out on the 18th of March if you're listening to this later. And I posted a link. Um, the description for the podcast has the link to where you can buy the new album, or you can go to mandolinsofbeer.com, and there's a link there in the description as well. And I was just listening to a podcast yesterday with Corey Wong, and John Mayer was his guest. And it was pretty interesting. And again, they they come at it from a, a little bit larger of a perspective, but it's still relative here in, in the fact that if um, all the people who followed you on Instagram or Facebook uh, just purchased the one album you put out every couple of years, what a huge difference that would make. Now, again, you know, John Mayer, I don't know the numbers. I'm assuming he has millions of people uh, that follow him on Instagram, if not at least a million. And, you know, obviously with uh, in the mandolin world and the bluegrass world, for the most part, it's it's not that many followers, but it does make a huge difference. So if you have the, uh, the, the, the 10 or $15 that you can spare to purchase the album, it really does make a huge difference in the artist's world. So I just wanted to put that out there, and I thought, well, how fitting that I was listening to this podcast right after I interviewed these guys, and uh, they have an album coming out. So anyway, the link is there. It's also going to be available for free on Spotify to stream and all those places wherever you stream music. So just be sure to check it out anyway and support them any way you can. Oh, by the way, coming up, I forgot I haven't mentioned this. I've kind of forgotten. I've been so busy. Um, I'll be at the Charleston Bluegrass Festival Friday for sure. My band is playing at 6 p.m. before Town Mountain, I believe, we go on. And I'll be floating around there. So if you're there, I'm not sure if I'm going to be there Saturday or not. I have an early gig uh, Saturday and... Uh, I have um, the Saturday night off, which is a rare thing, so I'm not sure what I'm going to do. But if you're going to be out there, shoot me a message. You can email me at danielpatrickmusic at yahoo.com or reach out. And then also, I'm going to be in Savannah uh, the next week here coming up to see Mr. Sun and Jeremy Kittle, or Cattell, I'm not sure how you pronounce his last name, and Michael Cleveland and Balsam Range are also playing the same day. So I'm going to be at um, all those gigs. So if you're going to be down in Savannah for that, again, shoot me a message. Love to say hey. All right, folks, Peghead Nation. Peghead Nation streaming video courses in mandolin, guitar, banjo, fiddle, dobro, ukulele, and bass. You'll learn bluegrass, old time, and other styles from some of the most talented players and instructors in Roots Music. Sharon Gilchrist, Joe K. Walsh, Mike Compton, John Reichman, Aaron Weinstein, Marla Feibish, and Chad Manning are the instructors. Courses include high-quality, multi-angle video lessons, downloadable notation and tab play-along tracks, and plenty of tunes and songs to play. Join any of Peghead Nation's video courses now and get your first month for free. Just go to pegheadnation.com and use the promo code MANDOLINBEER, all one word, at checkout. Northfield Mandolins, let's build more than a mandolin together. Check out their website at northfieldmandolins.com. Download their app at mandosummit.app for lots of special performance recordings, demonstrations, and special workshops. Ellis Mandolins, handcrafted mandolins designed and built in Austin, Texas. Straight up strings. Science! I don't know anything about science, but I do know there's a reason why people like C.J. Lewandowski and Tristan Scroggins play straight-up strings. Now, if you want to know about the science behind these strings, you can go to straightupstrings.com, and you should also sign up for the newsletter as well. It's a great newsletter that comes out monthly. 
And it's always filled with really great information. So straight up strings, engineered for compensated downloads for optimum balance, so you can hear every note of every chord. And my newest sponsor, and again, this was so nice to get this one. It really was a full circle moment for me. Elderly Instruments. Elderly Instruments is the most trusted source for new, used, and vintage fretted instruments. We all know how cool it is to be able to support locally owned mom and pop businesses instead of supporting the big box stores. With Elderly Instruments, you're getting a place that's been family owned for 50 years. It's located in Lansing, Michigan, but they ship worldwide. However, shopping at Elderly Instruments doesn't mean a compromise in quality. They have a vast selection of acoustic and electric guitars, banjos, ukuleles, most importantly, mandolins, and all of the accessories and books you might need. They have a world-renowned repair shop that sets up all of their instruments, and perhaps most importantly, the down-to-earth and knowledgeable sales staff that can help you with anything you may need from advice on high-end vintage instruments right down to what picks you should buy. They're happy to help. They're only a phone call or an internet search away. Go to elderly.com or call them at 517-372-7880. Tell them mandolins and beer sent you. Let's get into the episode with Dom and Rick. You guys have yourselves a fantastic weekend. Go out and buy this album. Cheers, everybody. my pleasure to welcome back to the podcast i got this is a two for this week dominic leslie and rick robertson how's it going fellas hey dan going great thanks for having us oh man thank you so much for doing it man i'm uh i'm excited for this release to come out rick had sent me uh, a copy of this geez when did we talk rick it's been months oh you know better than me man yeah it's it's been a while that's for sure um, and this has been kind of in the can, but now this new album, Trust in Most, is coming out. And it's, man, I, I can't wait for people to hear it. And it comes out this Friday. That's right. March 18th. March 18th. The day after, everybody's going to be hung over from St. Patrick's Day. So what better what better thing to do than just buy this album and lay around on Friday and listen to uh, killer mandolin music? That's true. I, I think it's uh, very soothing yeah duo mandolin music probably perfect for a hangover totally yeah it's a good one to listen to when you're laying on the floor <laughs> perfect so um before we start off both you guys have been have been super busy dom you've started playing mandolin in a new project and 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 i'm guessing just got back from the road oh. that's right i just got back uh, from chattanooga yesterday doing a little southeast run with molly tuttle and golden highway that's a pretty uh, incredible lineup right there. Yeah, man, it's uh, it's a fun band. We're about uh, three or four tours in, and uh, it's been a good ride so far. Good crowds and stuff too. Are people starting to get. Seems like people are starting to get out there and and get rowdy in a good way for live music. Definitely, man. It seems like uh, people are pretty hungry for the music right now. So that's been great to play for some uh, very appreciative fans out there. And Rick. Yeah, I'm actually just starting. A, I'm about to drive out to Los Angeles and start a tour opening for Sarah Jarose. Oh, awesome. Who, uh, you know, is a, another, has she been on this podcast before? Yeah. Yeah, she has. Cool. Yeah. So she's, uh, she's, I think starting her big spring tour this week and then we're going to meet up with her in, in la and do a bunch of west coast states uh yeah that's great man 
Yeah, it's starting to get busy. Yeah, thank goodness. Nice to see it all coming back. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So let's just, be, before we get into this album, I, I'd love to uh, have you guys maybe talk about how you all met for the first time and became uh, such good buddies and uh, musical companions. Well, it all started uh, back in 2004 at the Mandolin Symposium in Santa Cruz, California. We were there at the Mandolin Symposium <laughs> in Cruz, California, <laughs> 2004. Yeah. I still remember that Rick was wearing a tie-dye shirt, yeah. and I thought he was Josh Pinkham. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to disappoint you, man. Because <laughs> I knew there was another real bad mandolin player running around. He yeah. was about my age, and so I just assumed. Yeah. And uh, Josh was supposed to be there, but I think he was sick with like strep throat or something. And so I had to wait another year yeah. to meet Josh. But uh, I don't know that I was such a bad man on play at that point, but we, we were we pretty bad. You needed lessons. Friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was bad. I was really bad. I was actually bad. Oh man, yeah. that's great. And that was, was that the uh, one that you had the, uh, wasn't it Joe Walsh? Uh, Rick was your, That's right. your, uh, uh, chaperone. chaperone. Thank you. I couldn't find the word. Right. And, and I was there with John Frazier. Oh, wow. Uh, and those guys were buddies. So I, that was kind of how we met. They, you know, I remember Joe saying, I want to go hang with my friend, John. And we walked into the room. You guys were, were picking in and, uh, we were both a little 14 year old. Yeah. We were probably what playing a saga of Harrison Crab Feathers. Something. <laughs> <laughs> Which is on the new album. That's right. Yeah. And that was part of the idea of the new record is sort of getting back in touch with all the stuff that, you know, we've been playing since we were young. And you guys put totally. out, you put out the EP a few years ago that's available on Bandcamp, Shrimp Tales. Yeah, which that's is right. summer of 2020 i think we needed something to do some content to put out into the ether when did we record uh, that 2019 i think so yeah and you recorded that one down in new orleans at, at, at yeah. was that rick's place yep that's right i just drove down we threw up some microphones had uh, sammy frybush brother sammy engineering on that one mm -hmm. which was good and then uh on this new one, Trusted Most, a.k.a. Padiddle Impromptu Sessions number two, <laughs> we, uh, we did it here in my basement, which we're sitting in right now, scene of the crime. 
And uh, same sort of deal. We just threw up some microphones. Or actually, my brother, my brother Sam Leslie, threw up some microphones. Right. And did the engineering, and uh, we cut the whole record here in one day. That's amazing. You know what's great about this album is, you know, I mean, I'm sure people think about this all the time, but, you know, I'm sure people are wondering, like, what do two top-shelf mandolin players, they're just hanging out, what do they do when they play? What's it like? What's going on? This is the perfect example of, like, two killer players hanging out and playing music together and having, like, a musical conversation. It's so fun to listen to. Man, that's that's so cool that you can feel that because that is like the whole, you know, I, I think we recorded the record on a Sunday. So we had run into each other on a Friday before and we're just, you know, having dinner and had the idea to record that night. And uh, the next night we hung out and just, you know, uh, we were with our buddy Logan Ledger and just kind of rapping with him about the idea. and talked about a couple tunes but not really we we sort of um actually we listened to a live tony rice and david grisman record oh and we're noticing how they were just playing which actually i remember they started that show with the east virginia blues which is the first track on on the record we made and uh you know we're just just uh sort of sinking into that vibration and and loving how they were just being themselves and we could hear their friendship and how they were playing when it was on and when it was off and the transition from when they'd get off and then get on really on was so exciting and i think that's what's cool about this record too as it's you know it's a it swings it's not super rehearsed it's not us nailing something we worked out it's us responding to each other sort of thinking of tunes and and uh, supporting one another, definitely. And you can definitely yeah. tell the um, the musical conversation is is years in the making because you got you, 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 it's like you finish each other's sentences musically on certain tracks. Yeah, absolutely. So we met at the symposium and we we picked a whole bunch uh, that week, and I guess we were fourteen and fifteen at the time. Uh, and we sort of kept in touch in the following years and became friends and would, you know, talk on the phone and teach each other licks and tunes over the phone and everything. And then uh, we were roommates a few years later at Berkeley College of Music out in Boston. And uh, that's when we really sort of developed this style of playing together. Uh, just so many hours, probably hundreds of hours of just playing duo mandolins in that apartment together and uh it it sort of got to the point where uh we were able to sort of read each other's minds musically and uh finish each other's thoughts and statements and um it that's a pretty special thing i don't share that with very many musicians where you're playing and it's like you know what the other one is gonna do even before they do it uh so i think we we were really thankfully able to capture some of that on this record oh yeah i think you definitely captured it i mean you can definitely you can definitely feel it in the recording i mean just and there just like the little things too like you said um you know it's there's just things in there that if you're in a big studio with somebody producing it 
you know, they're like these little like happy accidents that happen that, you know, somebody might be like, ah, we should probably clean that up. It, but it's, you, you don't want it because it's just like so magical where it might be a half step off here, but it, it resolves to where it's going to. And it feels completely natural, but that little bit of tension is what kind of keeps you on your toes through the album. Totally. Yeah, we left all those in there for you. <laughs> yeah, those are free. Those are bonus notes. <laughs> yeah, and to me, th those are kind of the most exciting moments uh, when you you get to that point where you think it's all going to crash and burn, but then you kind of make something. Uh, beautiful out of it and it's uh, better than it ever would have been without the mistake in there uh, just kind of like seeing that journey happen and unfold uh, i really love when you can feel that in music especially on a record yeah it's like wondering uh if we're gonna land it <laughs> yeah it's almost like a uh, it's almost like watching like a, a a television show or a movie where you know the hero's not gonna die but they're always in peril at some point and it still got you on the edge of your seat <laughs> and, and, you know and you still yeah. know he's gonna live <laughs> yeah, i mean you know but uh that's what it gets kind of reminds me of like i know you guys you wouldn't have put on the album if it was gonna crash and burn but you still have that like oh shoot man here <laughs> and then yeah. it's just beautiful and i i think when you can feel that energy uh as a listener you're kind of rooting for the musicians like when you can feel that vulnerability you're all kind of on the same team together uh it it kind of reminds me of like a a charles sautel guitar solo or something where you're like is he gonna stick the landing is he gonna make <laughs> it out alive and he always does yeah. but it's just kind of nice to be on that journey they're really rooting for somebody rather than the opposite of like waiting for him to make a mistake you know there's right, real like mistakes. superhuman musicians out there that seems like they have golden hands but it's like that kind of gets boring after a while well i think it's reflective of our friendship too you know that's that's what's coming out is we haven't been through with each other and and such close friends through perfection we've supported each other through you know the ups and downs of life and all that and all that stuff and that's you know that's important to to come through the music too not just whatever we work out to project that is you know, some kind of perfection absolutely yeah what's beautiful about it too man is so many times it gets brought up on this podcast about you know you spend hundreds of hours playing together you spent thousands of hours working on your technique or whatever it is you're working on. And what I think is beautiful about this album, especially now knowing the fact that, you know, you may have met for dinner on Friday, decided to record an album on Saturday or Sunday and finished it on Sunday. You can hear those little things that you've been working on just falling out like naturally under your fingers. You know, it's just like, Oh wow, what a sweet lick. And you know, you can, it's, it's just, uh, it feels like, like magical when those moments happen on the album as well. Yeah. Yeah. There's one in Autumn Leaves that just gets me every time on the version of Autumn Leaves. I wish I could remember what it is. I'll dump it in here. It's just like, it just, it's just so cool, man. There is a moment there on Autumn Leaves where we're kind of just playing the tune 
just like you would a normal ballad. And then you kind of like peel the rug away and you, you get to bear witness to all the little creepy crawly things crawling around under the rug there for a second, but it's only a split second. And then you're back into the ballad. See if that, uh, if you can recognize that next time you're listening, the creepy crawlies, you'll know just what I'm talking about. I'm I'm wondering what you're talking about. Three or four seconds where the the shrimp are revealed. Oh, I see. Yeah. And, uh, little faces. And I think that's like part of the reason why, uh, this album worked out for us this time, because, you know, we had the idea to record on Friday and then we recorded on Sunday but really we've been talking about making this record for the last 10 years or more. Yeah. Uh, ever since we were roommates, we knew that we kind of had a vibe and uh, every time we got together in the studio to try to capture it, it felt different, which I think yeah. is kind of a common thing, but especially for such heavily improvised music as this with literally no plan. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's one thing when you're sitting in your bedroom yeah. But as soon as you're there behind the microphones, it's yeah. like an entirely different energy. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of times we would we would try it out and it would be like we would start a tune and then you peel the rug back. And then it's like you're in the creepy crawlies for like four minutes. It's just too much. <laughs> That's too much creepy crawly. Any, nobody wants to listen to that much creepy crawly. Right. So right. It, it's kind of like evolved to a place now where we can hopefully yeah. tastefully interject and introduce the shrimps. Wow. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. That is, I think that's what's happened on this record and, and on shrimp tails too. I think that was probably the first time that we, sort of were able to capture that vibe behind the microphones in the That's studio. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But but I think that this record is uh you know it's well it's much longer and it's it's oops I just hit play on it. Sorry. Ooh. Ooh, sounds nice. That sounds yeah. real nice. Beautiful. Sorry Who about was that. that. Track one. Track one. It <laughs> was track one. I thought you were just holding your mandolin and started to play something, man. It's like wow <laughs> <laughs> it's my new thing on the podcast to start playing when people are uh, talking <laughs> yeah yeah play, you play like the, your own interlude <laughs> yeah. start reading an ad Beautiful man, and that was brought to you by Me Undies, guys. Me Undies, they're the five. I'm just kidding. <laughs> kidding. They're not a sponsor. <laughs> Buffalo Trace. <laughs> Buffalo Trace. That's right. <laughs> Athletic <Me> Greens. <laughs> Athletic Greens. I haven't felt this good in years, guys, and it's all because this little packet of Athletic Greens. <laughs> I'm, I'm wondering if there's one that you would think defines your friendship together on this album like you listen to it and it just makes you think of each other what a friend (laughs) (laughs) 
So yeah, you'll notice there's a track on there called What a Friend. It's a uh, pretty familiar tune, an old spiritual number. Yeah. And uh, we were having such a good time that we forgot to play the B part. <laughs> so normally it's What a Friend We Have in Jesus, but we didn't get that far. <laughs> yeah, we played it, it non-denominationally. That's right. Thinking of other ones, we had to choose a focus track for Spotify. Oh, yeah. Uh, and we ended up going with One Love. Naturally, a lot of a lot of friendship in there, but uh, that's that's a, a pretty good example of. Yeah, also it just seems like uh, a good vibe right now, kind of uh, what the world needs a little more of. Because it's such a wide variety of tunes, man. Um, and I have to be honest with you, like one of my all-time favorite tunes is "Jealous Guy." saw that was going to be on here like i love the donny hathaway version of it just blows my mind every single time i hear it so it was pretty sweet to see that on the track list yeah that's uh, sort of the version i always have in my head of that tune jealous guy is the donny hathaway version which is just extremely nasty i just watched the new beatles movie the uh, peter jackson one on disney plus watched it twice actually and it was cool seeing uh, the origins of that tune jealous guy in there he called it road to marrakesh right, right. which was so I'm interesting yeah just a child in nature yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah that was really cool all that that whole documentary just watching their process and so we know east virginia blues because of the tony rice and and and, and david grisman album how about the harrison crab feather yeah so uh crab feathers you'll probably recognize from the chris Thiele and mike marshall record into the cauldron a classic and a uh, big influence for both of us especially at the time that we met at the symposium we were all trying to pick all those tunes and uh 
so yeah, we, we thought we would try to reinvent that one. I had some like kind of half baked idea that we would play it in four <laughs> instead of the uh, six, eight waltz version. And I think I sound a little confused on that track. Like I'm trying to play You're trying to some play amalgamation, yeah. but it's like we, you know, that, that vibe of us picking at 15 years old is just so ingrained. We kept going back to it, but it, it felt nice to kind of give a, a nod of the hat, so to speak, to Chris and Mike uh, for such an influential album. scene of young mandolin players that all met there at the symposium you know sarah Jarose, jake jolliffe bryce milano we were all uh like a little gaggle of ducklings following chris around all week <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I wanted to take that track off our record really yeah yeah and i love it now. but it's i think it's because of that you know so vulnerable and it's like the second track it's yeah so it's like right off the bat it's like what are these guys doing yeah and i and i love it for that because it's got i mean that's kind of the ultimate one with like are they really gonna land this for me the other ones are you know more like us singing together yeah yeah. drunks at a bar like singing songs sort of how we can recall them that one we're like we're still warming up and we're like picking yeah yeah it's like i don't know it's it's more of the the wrestling match kind of thing <laughs> and, totally. and it's you know it's great it's like this is what happened you know it's also nice for the diversity of the record to have like a longer form with more harmony a minor tune because the rest of them are kind of like you know a couple minutes long a little more like sing-songy majory a little more similar so i feel like this one kind of like puts balance in there yeah it's another one along the lines of autumn leaves kind of like in that category i think people are gonna like the vulnerability and like hearing us uh at that stage of the process like before it's totally tapped in because I think that's one of the things we noticed about that dog and tea record is that you can hear them warm it up a little bit yeah. too. Yeah. And not every moment is going to be like perfectly slamming. You know, there's this give and take. Same with the Beatles, man. Yeah. I was you thinking know, about they, that. They uh, were together recording and writing for a whole month. Yeah. And you get whatever it is, 10 or 12 tracks on the record. And a lot of it happens to be some of the most iconic of all time. It's just cra- it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. And writing it while they were there. It's, it's all the process. Is the track listing in the order of how you recorded these or no? Yes, it is. But there was like probably 13 more so tunes we picked. Yeah, we just omitted. didn't make it. Yeah, we omitted. But that's all in the order that, you know whatever five or six hours that we played that's even i like it even more man that's so cool 
How about Sambino? Yeah. Sambino. Sambino, he's sitting right here. I know, it's just going to say that. He's taking a phone call. Sambino, you know, hey, hey, man, when he comes back down, we should have him interject a little here because, uh, yeah, well, whatever. There's, if there's anybody that knows a thing or two about duo mandolins. Well, I was thinking about man. the dog and the uh, Statman record when you were talking about just a minute ago. Mandolin abstractions. Mandolin abstractions, which was also very influential. That's right. Yeah, that that was a great uh, discovery for us in the Berkeley era. After being so obsessed with Feely and Marshall and that record and that sort of aesthetic, was to hear this other thing uh, with Dog and Statman that's just on the total other end of the musical spectrum. And so I think that's really liberating for us. Yeah. Uh, and Andy came to Berkeley and did a workshop that totally blew our minds. And he, he was a special guest at the symposium one of those years, too. Who? Uh, Statman. Oh, yeah. And yeah. he did this total free improv thing for like well over an hour and clearly lost track of time because it was like in the instructor concert yeah. where everybody's <laughs> supposed to have a little piece. And Statman just played for for forever. Yeah. Just total free thing. And I remember uh, after that concert, we all ran back to the dorms and shut off the lights and got, you know, oh, slides man. for yeah. the left hand, whatever it was, pens or yeah. I don't remember. But we had our, our first, like, real free jam. <laughs> that night so after cool. seeing that, that you were so inspiring. Like, I don't remember. Like, now I remember it so clearly, but, you know. And then in Boston at Berkeley, after he did this workshop, we went to a guitar store and bought, like, bottleneck slides. <laughs> <laughs> around with on the left hand. Yeah, and just so inspired by the, the freedom that Andy and, and the spirit that he plays with. Yeah. Day. There was about four years where Dom and I were living together in New York city. And we used to go to see Statman play in the synagogue in the village. He played in the basement. There was one time we went and nobody was there. It was just the rabbi and Statman and me and Dom. Whoa. Wow. And he played for us, you know, all this really amazing transcendental, like clarinet, uh, klezmer music for an hour for an hour and then we just hung out for a couple hours and he just emanates music all of the time he stays warm and we'll just play because he's, he needs to play as a practice a real practice so it, who had when you when you um look at this track listing for each of you, I guess, what was the one song that you brought to this that you definitely wanted the other to play on on this recording? Let's start with Rick. I don't think I had a track. It was no, there was nothing really like that. No, you know, you brought that tune, uh, but not, not for me. What is it? That's right. Yeah, the night uh, before, I thought we should play. Uh, uh, what's it? George Harrison tune. Not for no, you. it's a Bob Dylan song. Oh, not for you. That's right. That, but that's it's on, on all things must pass. It is, yeah. And we tried it, and I didn't. I kind of <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> I voted for that instead of crab it, feathers, it, man. It, it didn't hold up. 
I was editing this record. <laughs> people what they want. That's the name of our next record. (laughs) Give people what they want, produced by Dom Leslie. Uh, Also, (laughs) I remember we were hanging at Logan's that Friday night, and I had some concept, uh, some way of like dividing up playing a two part fiddle tune. I had some scheme that was like, five times through and like always changing every time <laughs> do you remember me like pitching oh, yeah. this idea oh, yeah. Logan? <laughs> and uh i should have written it down because it was a good idea man <laughs> but it sure did not sail <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't touch it uh, i can't be thinking about that no, yeah no it didn't maybe on the next record maybe oh, uh no. <laughs> that might be my new no, favorite saying right there. It sure did not sail. <laughs> yeah. But I think we've discovered that that's kind of our our style. Yeah, trying to, like, you know, even yeah. if you you can think about ideas all you want. Um we just watch which ships sail and don't attach ourselves to yeah. the one that sink. <laughs> Well, since since you had voted for the uh, the Dylan song that didn't make it, Dom, was there a song that you wanted on there that didn't make it, or because you produced it all, you produced it so all the all the songs that you wanted are on it? <laughs> little tune well, like, was, uh, well, it was like the whatever tune it was didn't matter. I just had some idea of like you play the A part and I play the rhythm and then we switch on the B part and there's some silly scheme like that. Yeah. It could have been cool, man. Could have been, but next album, we're not allowed to uh, think of any ideas in advance. Well, that (laughs) that puts pressure on the thing. Totally. Oh yeah. Can't have that. No, Mm -hmm. that's the other thing. I mean, the album, it, it, it feels so breezy, man. That's what's so great. There's like there doesn't feel like any pressure in this recording. Right. It just sounds. I mean, sounds like exactly what it is. Two good buddies sitting down and just playing beautiful music together. And you know, it's yeah, it's inspiring. Yeah. Where how many? What was the most takes one of these songs took? Uh, they were all one take. We might have played Saga a couple times because we were yeah. still warming up. But yeah. other than that, it was all just jamming, really. Yeah. Just playing whatever came into our heads. Yeah. And I mean, very, very highly arranged music can feel like that, too. That's the amazing thing. Totally. Know? So just to kind of you know, talk about putting pressure on it, it's not to say that you can't work something up, even though that's... <laughs> that will, <laughs> sure. I, I was just yeah, yeah. equipped to do that day, but, you know, it's... uh. You, it always wants to feel like that, right? Right, right. Yeah. Are you guys panned? Once, who's in the left ear? Who's in the right ear? Did you guys think of that? I'm, I mostly played that mandola. So, oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. On two yeah. tracks. You can kind of hear. You can kind of separate us that way because one of us always has the lower string. But there, as far as panning, it's a pretty even yeah. split. It seems like. Yeah, let's talk about the instruments again. I, I forgot that you played the uh, the mandola on the, uh, or for the most part, on this recording. So what uh, what what do you play on this album again, Rick, for those who might not have uh, caught the podcast when we, you and I did it originally? I was playing uh, Gibson 
what is that? It's an H4, I think. 1917. Is that right, Grizz? Yeah. I think it's a 1917 H4 nicknamed Nelson Mandola. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> That's yeah, great. 1917 or 1914? I'm pretty sure it's 17. You would know. We'll have to ask Mang. It's mine, but it's been in Dom's care for quite some time now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> Make welcome Grizz back to the podcast. Yeah, you doing, buddy? <laughs> Sorry, guys. Bass player extraordinaire. <laughs> not a mandolin player, so I'm not technically allowed. Well, yeah. I'd say you're an aficionado. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, uh, you know, Sambino is on the album. <laughs> yeah, and that's the mandola yeah. that my pop recorded Opus 38 with. Oh, is it really? <laughs> yeah. got some mando history yeah holy cow that's amazing we're very lucky to have that thing in our possession yeah what'd you play on this dom i played my uh my gilchrist it's a 1982 number 126 by steve gilchrist from australia australia and i actually just got to catch up with him he was here in nashville a couple weeks ago and uh he texted me, hey, I'm hanging over in the shop, come on by. And I had just gotten back from tour, but had to run over there to see Steve because it was his last day. And he hadn't seen that mandolin in like 20 years or something. Oh, wow. And so I took it out of the case and he took one look at it and said, what have you done with my mandolin? <laughs> because <laughs> uh, uh, it looks pretty different and actually for any enthusiasts out there you can go to steve's website i forget what it is it might be like gilchrist guitars or something but uh if you go to the home page that's a photo of my mantle in there no way really i'm pretty honored by um he took a little photo there and he, he actually just built me a brand new fretboard uh, that he has shipped to my buddy and luthier here in town, Hugh Hansen, who's going to replace the fretboard, which I'm a little nervous about. But because, uh, you know, this thing's got a mojo, but the intonation has been getting a little sour for the last few years because uh, the top has been shifting, I guess. So time for a new fretboard. And, you know, I'm I'm in the best possible hands between Steve and Hugh. Yeah, for sure. So wish me luck. Yeah, good luck. I think you'll be fine. The albums, and this is also on a label now. It's coming out on a record label. Padiddle Records. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the executive CEO is uh, Paul Coert. You might know him from the Punch Brothers or Hocktail or any various things. Bass player extraordinaire. 
and now he's a, a a big wig record executive for Padiddle Records, and this is a co-release with uh, Padiddle Impromptu Sessions Number One by Brittany Haas. It uh, features her playing old time tunes on the Clawhammer banjo. Oh, with really? Paul and Mike Geisbacher on basses. Uh, so definitely check that out. Available on the same day as Trust and Most, March 18th, this Friday. I don't know when you're hearing this, but yeah, March 18th. Well, man, it's it's a fantastic record. Some 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 last parting words for people uh, who who want to. Or actually, you know, before I before I ask that, um, do do one of you have a track that that you have as a favorite on this album? Man, a favorite? I don't know. There's a few that stand out to me. Mm-hmm. What's the one that we play? The long tremolo. That's kind of my favorite moment on the record. Is that, that might be on What a Friend. What a Friend, yeah. At the end. Oh, yeah. Until <laughs> the end. End of the Friend <laughs> is my favorite part of the record. That's awesome. How about you, Dom? Yeah, I don't know. There's a few that I really like. I like the opener, East Virginia, uh, a lot. And then I like Home Sweet Home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a real one highlight. Yeah. It's all fun. It just really feels like a jam session, like we would have any other night, and the microphones are just there. How many mics did you guys use when you recorded this? Four? Five. Five, yeah. He yeah. set up a room mic, too, yeah. above two us. On each, on each mando. Two on each. Yep. It was yeah. really good to have my brother Sam here recording that stuff, man. He was just uh, ready. Uh, in every moment to hit click for us because we were just you know rapping and hanging out and uh you'd never know when we were going to bust into a tune and he was always ready to go and uh, i think it sounds great too he did a good job and then dave cinco did the mixing uh, a real treasure to this music community mr dave cinco oh he's the best man sir Dave Cinco. The I can vouch to the the rough mixes of the album that your brother did a great job, by the way, because uh, that was the first first time I got to hear it. Is um, Rick was kind enough to send me just kind of like it was just right off the board, pretty much. And before Dave Cinco had gotten it, and sounds killer. And then you know, obviously Dave Cinco came in and did his his magic that he does and took it to the next level. But yeah, it was captured really well. So kudos to your brother, man. He did great, and there's actually a bit of a horror story that comes along with this album. Oh, let's hear it. Spoiler. Turn him under the bus. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just kind of a, 
a, a funny little part of this whole thing is that my brother did such a good a great job recording it and then we go over there to uh, do some mixes and some edits or whatever and just listen to the stuff and uh, in his words he fumbled at the one yard line and somehow <laughs> managed to permanently delete all the tracks what <laughs> yeah it's like some there was a ghost in there or something it's amazing actually he had he it backed up. he said he had it backed up 12 places i mean he... and it was gone in every single one of them all 12 and uh he did some sort of data extraction thing and that didn't even work but thankfully he did a rough bounce down the night after we recorded i almost uh, wish it got deleted i'm really excited for people to hear this because it really does it ties into the podcast so much um you know with because with talking with everybody it's the thing people always want to do with with playing mandolin i mean everybody's got like different ideas of some want to play fast and some don't but the one thing you always want to do is just be able to sit down with somebody and play music and have a conversation no matter what level you're at. Like, I think that's the thing that people really want to do. And then the other thing is, is like we all work on things and hope that eventually they'll, they'll seep their way into something you're playing. And you get both of that with this album. You know, it's, it's, it, to me, listening to it, it's just kind of like, like jealous in a way, in a good way, because I'm just like, man, yeah, jealous guy. I was a jealous guy listening, but yeah, because it's just like, this is just beautiful, man. This is, this is why, this is why I play music anyway, is because I, I love those moments of sitting around with, with somebody who you can have that conversation with. And it's just, it's natural. It's not forced. And, and, and you got, you captured it, which is the hardest part, man. You know what I mean? It's like, like you said, you've tried this before and couldn't do it. And then you just, we're able to capture this beautiful moment and I'm, I'm super happy for you guys and I'm really excited for people to hear it. Cause I think it really does capture what a lot of people want to do with the instrument. Well, it is a, a true conversation. Uh, unlike I think I could have with any other musician. And it is a, it is a celebration of the instrument. I feel like, yeah, it's not really about the tunes or what we play. It's just like, you know, just, loving the instrument itself and its voice yeah and the friend yeah i was gonna say the celebration of friendship right what's that and the celebration of your friendship so the, the uh, celebration yeah, of that yeah. yeah so you know that there came a point in our uh yeah. our development of this sort of style or whatever where we we sort of abandoned the whole technical approach and obsession uh, that we sort of grew up with that's so ingrained in a lot of this mandolin scene, especially in like the post Thiele era. And while I'm so grateful for that as an inspiration and an influence, uh, after a certain point, we, we sort of had to like almost abandon that and just, uh, you know, look to other things like, you know, we're not thinking about right hand technique. We're like, staring each other in the eyes and like you know trying to see a bigger picture here yeah i mean there's a balance there too i feel like you've always inspired me with that you know well dom you really play the mandolin 
it, it, right. like, that's like this, this man's <laughs> living. Trying. And most people don't even know I play the mandolin. So we kind of have this yin yang going on with that too. So, so when we recorded this, man, you had like just broken your wrist skateboarding, I think, <laughs> yeah. not too long before. Yeah. And like, I think you said you hadn't even touched a mandolin in months. And you you showed up with your, uh, what model? F2. The F2. And it was like really kind of in a, a bit of a sad state, unfortunately. It's a great yeah. mandolin, but you were like, man, do you have any strings? Like, yeah. <laughs> things kind of hurting these days. And I was like, yeah, I got some strings. It was like, like unrecordable. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I played Nelson. But hey, it worked out. And, you know, we had Nelson sitting there on and the wall. And she's feeling like, good now. I got to say, hey, man, up. why did you play this? Yeah. <laughs> but the truth is, man. I I could not tell you the last time my mandolin was out of the case right now. Yeah. It's probably been since we made that record. And so yeah, that's uh, yeah, no. partially to say that you all need to check out Rick Robertson and his uh, records no. and all his music. And uh, Oh, for sure. Super incredible new record coming out. I don't know when Thanks, man. that new one's going to be coming, out. But coming soon. But you guys be ready. But, you know, that's, yeah. that is the thing. It's like playing that mandola, especially. Um, I play piano more, guitar, you know, but uh, guitar and piano, a lot of piano. Um, I could feel that on the record that we felt like a, a couple octaves on a piano. Yes. And not like mandolins. The mandolin. It's all just like kind of thorough composed harmony that, you know, the way I think about even just two notes at a time and voice leading and all that is very influenced by the piano mm, yeah. and that transcends to when I play mandolin, especially with someone like Dom where, you know, it's also synced in rhythmically. It sounds like one person, two hands on a piano. Yeah. And so we can play, you can think about it that way. Yeah. It opens up. Having that mandola in there uh, as a lower voice, like really brings a lot of body to the sound mm. and the orchestration where naturally on two mandolins, we literally might just play the same thing, but right. by one of us being down a fifth like that, it's like, it's a, it's good that that happened. Yeah. I'm glad that your mandolin was in such a way. <laughs> <laughs> mean that in the best way. No, she put the team on her back. Yeah. Really. <laughs> Trust in most. Trust in most. Man, you guys, thank you so much for uh, for doing this. Uh, the album comes out the 18th of March, so if this is after the 18th of March, it's out. <laughs> Go out and get right. it. Yeah. Records. And uh, there's going to be cool liner notes with photos and uh, some cool words from Logan Ledger and amazing artwork by Gina Leslie, my sister, and Lauren Witcher, so uh, yeah. you can download that from Pediddle. Okay, yeah, I was going to say, where's the best place? So this always comes up. Where's the best place for people to get this album? Yeah, Pediddle Records Perfect. Store, if you really want to support us and uh, and the, the record house here, Paul and Pediddle, uh, that's going to be the best spot. But it's going to be available on all the platforms, too. So, Are you going to put it on vinyl? Uh, we have no plans at the moment, uh, but we'll see. Yeah, cool. Seems like the 
something that might be worth it. Definitely. But I think the vinyl factories are uh, pretty far backed up. Oh man, yeah, for right sure. Now. But we'll keep you posted, and uh, we'll do another podcast for the vinyl release. How oh man, that? that'd be awesome. We'll do it live. I'll just come up to Nashville or wherever you guys are at. I'll force myself to go on a trip. We can we can do we'll it in do person. It live. We'll, we'll, we'll do it live. <laughs> we'll do it live. <laughs> Man, fellas, thank you so much. Sam, thank you for, for also chiming in a little bit, if you're still there. Yeah, my pleasure, man. I and, think, uh, uh, yeah, my pop might be on this uh, forthcoming Rick Robertson release on a track. What? So, oh. Mandolin Nation, keep your ears peeled for that. Heck yeah. Rick, shoot me a, shoot me when that comes out. I'll, I'll debut a track, man. Send it to yeah, me. Man. Rick wrote this beautiful song called Crossword Boss for his dad, sort of about his dad. And oh, wow. thought it would be fitting to invite my dad to play on it. We both did. So, Man, it's yeah. So- well, that's coming out, dude. Shoot me it, and I'll, I'll play it on the podcast for sure, buddy. Yeah, man. I appreciate you, Dan. Absolutely. I appreciate you guys. Congratulations on this new album. It's, it's beautiful. And, uh, yeah, you guys are the best. Uh, I really appreciate you doing this. Thanks, brother. It's been great to be here. Thanks for having us on. Anytime. Thanks a lot. Much love, Dan.